SBF pleads not guilty. Bold strategy. We'll see how that <laughs> plays out. Bankless Nation, welcome to the first roll-up of 2023. David, you ready for this? 52 more weekly roll-ups to go in 2023. <laughs> how is that intimidating, Ryan? Do you think we can do it? Oh, I think we can do it. I've got the stamina. I'm coming into uh, this year fully energized. Yeah, Actually, same. that break was uh, really good for me and some time to reflect. And I was feeling kind of burnt out by the end of the year, but no longer. Yep. I'm ready for 2023. I'm excited about it. How are your holidays, Dave? Did you get any uh, special Christmas gifts? Anything cool? We only uh, do stocking suffers in my family and I got dry bags, which I think is just great because dry bags are what you are bags you put stuff into when you put into your mountaineering like backpack so you can like go walk through snow and rain yeah. and not get your stuff wet. So yeah, your boy is going to be having a dry sleeping bag while he climbs the mountains this year. Just dry bagging it. Huh? Dry bagging it. Yeah, dry bag. It's yeah. like a disease. It doesn't yeah. sound too It great. doesn't sound like a sexy present, let me tell you. No, dry bags. <laughs> but awesome, man. You, I know you're doing some mountains this year, so that'll mm -hmm. come in handy for sure, right? Yeah. yeah I exactly. also noticed, by the way, when you're setting up for this episode, that you've got a little portrait behind you that uh, I, th yeah. I don't know if people uh -huh. can see. Okay, so maybe our editors can kind of cut this in, or David's going to try a zoom in on the portrait. <laughs> it almost We've looks got, like it's, a shrine. It's actually there, yeah. <laughs> but at the top of it is, I think, a memento yeah. from 2022. Yeah. That will be a long-time memento to help us remember that year, which is a uh, picture of you uh, tearing up, Yep. During during a roll up, mm -hmm. this was a, a a roll up where we were talking about how bad everything was and all of the scammers in the space, and I think it like kind of hit you, yeah. Uh, and it became a meme. Around, like I saw Big Twitch meme. streamers talking about this, yeah. And somebody Nor turned Normie it into Twitch streamers, yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody turned it into an NFT and like yeah. an art piece, and it's just fantastic. Like crying crypto bro is probably what mainstream <laughs> might might tag this no that's exactly that's exactly why it got caught traction in like the gamer twi twi twitch sphere uh the person that painted this really phenomenal like piece of artwork i'm gonna zoom in on it again is yeah. actually a hexagon that was a hex community uh, member uh, that i bought i For bought people that who aren't familiar, thing that's just somebody from the hex community right yes this, exactly this is it that's Hexican. what they, they that's what they themselves. call them hexagons yeah okay. it's a, like a really good like watercolor and <sighs> i paid them 100 usdc uh and they shipped it to me yeah that, that's mm -hmm. awesome i love yeah. that well, i also anyway. think that so far uh that uh, is marks the bottom that marks that the mar bottom that's the bottom mm -hmm. i think you think okay well so part of the topics for this week guys we'll get into the topics but one of them is our 2023 predictions yeah and you may have already heard a tease david sounds like he's calling a bottom yeah but pretty bottomy. I, I I've been calling the bottom, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, might, I might check you on that. We'll see. We'll okay. see when we get to the predictions. Also, we've got SBF <laughs> pleading, not guilty. I didn't do it, he says in court. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. What else are we covering today? Uh, the Winklevoss have picked a fight with Barry Silbert on Twitter. The Winklevoss, of course, are operating the Gemini Exchange, which the Gemini Earn program has money stuck inside of Genesis, which is part of Barry Silbert's digital currency group and Empire. And that's both twins, mind both you, twins. right? Because yes. you mess with one, you mess with the other. They're exactly, the yeah. Winkle there's vibe there's for two a of reason. them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, and so we're going to pick apart that fight. Uh, and also some bad news on the Celsius court proceedings. Ryan, I'm sad to say that you are uh, not a customer of 
Celsius. You actually are just a investor, depositor, creditor, just like the rest of them. Just Sad. a sucker? Just another sucker. Yeah. Okay, uh -huh. cool. That yeah. gave my, so, my key, private keys to Alex Mashinsky and he exactly, ran off with them? That's exactly what happened. Yes. Uh, and yes, that's exactly right. Uh, and then, of course, we have to talk about 2023 predictions ours. We're also going to rate some of our 2022 predictions uh, and also talk about some other very awesome predictions that we've seen throughout the space. Uh, Eric Walla in particular, I think we're going to go through his. Uh, but first, in the market section, we got to talk about all the things going on in the liquid staking derivatives ecosystem, because that's a very hot topic leading into 2023 this week. So all of these topics and more coming throughout the show. Guys, we're going to get right into it. Before we do, we want to tell you about our friends and sponsors over at Osmosis. David, one of my New Year's resolutions going to 2023 was to do more DeFi stuff. Mm -hmm. I felt like 2022 last year was all about just keeping my head above water right. and just talking about all the shit, all the craziness that was going on. Mm -hmm. This year, I've made a concerted effort to go use more things. One of those things I've started using is Osmosis on the Cosmos chain. This is really cool. If you want to explore the Cosmos ecosystem, particularly DeFi and Cosmos, Osmosis is the place to start. The way you do it is you spin up this wallet. It's called a Kepler wallet. You're from the Ethereum ecosystem. It's kind of like MetaMask, only for Cosmos. Uh, and you go to app.osmosis.zone. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, you can deposit atoms to this chain. You can bridge across USDC and WETH. Uh, small amounts to start. That's, that's all I would advise, but it's a great opportunity to start this chain. And David... I uh, started on this chain. And David, I was surprised at how easy and how good the UX was. Mm -hmm. It'd probably been like two or three years since I went down the Cosmos um, rabbit hole. I hadn't been here in a long time. And the UX has just like 10x improved. On Osmosis, you can not only trade, it's kind of like a Uniswap type app, but you can also stake. You can also view uh, all of your assets. So it's almost got kind of like a, a Zerion Zapper type flavor to it too. A uh, really cool thing to try in 2023 if you're looking to explore the frontier of crypto. Yeah, and uh, Bankless listeners who listened to our episode about why Unichain is inevitable with Dan Elitzer, uh, this is highly um, synonymous with that whole thesis. Osmosis is basically kind of Uniswap, but as a, an app chain in the uh, Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, so just to, wanted to connect that dot there. Ryan, you said you, uh, you one of your New Year's resolutions is to be more of a DeFi power user. Uh, yeah. Because, and, and I think uh, I want to draw your attention to the suite, if we could actually just derail this conversation. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, we, it's your podcast, I, I, Go ahead, derail. I, I, stopped, <laughs> I stopped being a DeFi, like, super heavy power user and just have it having, like, latent positions that I would hold open on, like, the, uh, the blue chips, like Ave maker. And yep. that's because in 2022, a lot of the DeFi stuff you and I didn't really vibe with. And so the yeah. tweet that I want to call attention to, if you can pull the pull that up, I just send it to you in Zoom chat. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is one year ago to the day when we got into a fight with Daniel Sesta. Uh, by the way, so this is just a one-year anniversary of our first of many fights throughout 2023, starting with Daniel Sesta, when he came in super hot in my DMs after I said, Maker is the most unsustainably valued, uh, most sustained, unfairly valued asset this industry has ever produced. And then Daniel Sesta, who I didn't know who he was at the time. I knew what Wonderland was. I knew what like time and spell and all that stuff was. I just didn't know Daniel Sesta's name. Uh, and so he and goes... He's a DeFi, he was a DeFi developer mm -hmm, doing some right. DGen. Mm -hmm. He's like a DeFi wonder kid kind mm -hmm. of 
person, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. And like big populist leader with big populist tweets. Uh, and this was like the after the time token and all of these like uh, Danny tokens were like at their all time highs. So he follows up and says, this is why I'm not surprised you've never invited us to your DeFi show. Fair to in protect quotes, your bags. Air, air quotes. In quotes. Yeah. And your suit friends. I have never <laughs> ever been uh, charged with having suit friends before. So that was a first. Really? And I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Uh-huh. BitBoy did that same thing to me. He called me <laughs> a suit. Like, to, right. So it's, it's just, the same people like going for after populist same, tactics, right? Yeah. I just thought this is January 4th, 2022. It's one it's year a dark time. This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling so much better than I was at that point in time. Like I was just getting sick of it. And mm-hmm. this like, where, where's, where's Danny Sessa now? Right. Kind of washed in, out projects right, yes. were destroyed, um, turned into kind of like just a short term pump and dumper. Right. Uh, that's what it was. And it was revealed only like what, six, six weeks later. That's just the case. Six weeks later. Yeah. And then we got in a fight with Do Kwan. And about six weeks later after that, that fell down. And then, yeah. and then we did it again. And then we, that was the story of 2022 <laughs> is know. us getting in fights with people fights. and then blowing them, them blowing well, up. Well, that's another later. thing. So I want to be more of a DeFi user. I have time yes. for that rather than yeah. kind of chasing all this, you know, speculation and all the craziness going on, right? I have more time for that too. Mm-hmm. Another thing is um, I don't intend to pick any fights. There's like no right one now. to fight anymore. They're I, all gone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it's only the good people left. I mean, like we could go uh, fight Richard Hart right now if we wanted to. But yeah, I don't have as much energy gonna, as that guy. He's going to stick but around. Like, yeah. So uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's a refreshing way to start the year. And speaking of which, let's talk about markets, David. Mm-hmm. All right. Because we got to get to the where we're starting uh, in the market section. Let's talk about Bitcoin. And uh, we should get get cracking on that right now. Thanks to Kraken for showing us these prices. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is Bitcoin looking like on the week? Uh, Bitcoin started the week at 16,600. It is up about 1.2% to $16,834 where we currently are. By the way, Ryan, since we're level setting because it's 2023, we are about a little bit more than one year away from the next Bitcoin happening. Early really? 2024 is when the next Bitcoin halving is scheduled. I feel like uh, no one's talking about it, David. Well, <laughs> the halving's not priced in. It's still a year away. It's still, it's still more than a year away. But, but still, I mean, I remember like previous halvings, the 2020 halving. I mean, mm-hmm. there's such fervor. Like even mm-hmm. 18 months from the halving, 18 months out from the halving, Bitcoin community is talking right. about it. But it's it's actually becoming less and less impactful over time. Yeah. I mean, and that checks out, right? Because every happening has like 50% less magnitude um, than the happening prior. It's like an asymptote, right? Uh, but also just like Bitcoin isn't as a center point of this industry as it was four years ago. Let's look at the year for Bitcoin. Uh, down on the year, huh? Big down yeah. on the year. Big, oh, yeah, big down on the year. Down 60% oh. on the year. 40,000 all the way down. Um, how about ETH? What's that looking like on ETH, the week? ETH up 3.9% on the week. Uh, going up from twelve hundred dollars up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars in seven days. This little pump here, great. Yeah, it was like on January third. There was a pump. We had a you know three to four percent rise in one day. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And uh, people are pointing at the ETH BTC ratio for there were just a bunch of TA about a convergence on the ETH BTC ratio that was either going to break up or break down. Uh, People were placing their bets, and turns out uh, it broke up. It broke to the upside, which leads us to the ETH BTC ratio, which is up 2.8% on the week, 0.072 up to 0.074 where we are today. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's the state of the markets with uh, Ether and Bitcoin and the ratio. Well, uh, let's talk about some other metrics and we'll do a yearly recap here. So uh, mm-hmm. how about the total crypto market cap? Where are we? Under a billion? 
Oh yeah, under a billion, eight hundred and fifty billion on the total crypto market cap. How does this compare on a year over year? So when we look at the performance of twenty twenty two, some numbers coming in. So the S and P five hundred, David, was mm -hmm. down. So this is stocks down about eighteen percent last year. Uh, Nasdaq. So this is like tech stocks. Remember growth stocks, which boomed like crazy in 2020, 2021, um, down 33%. So stocks down bad-ish, but not compared to crypto. Let's t take a look at some of those numbers. Total crypto market cap, David, down 65% for 2022. Down now, now uh, that includes the stable coin market cap. So there's some some bad, uh, just bad measurement there because a, a bunch of that market cap is went flat. And so the actual crypto asset market cap is down worse than that. I see. In, in terms of investable assets, the yes. pain that people right. feel. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's a good good note. Mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin down 65 percent during right. 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, ETH down 68 percent 2022. Mm -hmm. Soul, Solana tokens, down 94%. Oof. Other alt-layer ones, Oof. similar. DPI, this is the DeFi Pulse Index. So these are the top DeFi tokens, down 80% Which, which doesn't sound so bad, but I'll remind you that it was down 80% the year prior to that too. Oh, okay, back to back, <laughs> down 80%. So uh, predictions. This is a comeback year, right? Can't get any worse. Yeah, right. Like that's got it. There, DeFi is in a, in a been in a bear market. They're like, hey, welcome guys, we've been here for a year. Now. <laughs> yeah, we've already been down in the eighth circle of hell. Right. Uh, NFT blue chip. This is the top ten NFTs. This is a metric coming from Nansen, which is interesting. Only down fifteen percent. Is that in ETH? Denominated. I think that, yeah, in yeah. down 15% in ETH. So you in have to ETH take terms. this negative 68% ah. in dollars and then go that down 15 more, more percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess the way to measure your NFTs is in ETH. That's, that's cool. Correct. It's still, yeah, that's, that's the right. Is yeah. that how you measure it? I don't 100%. think. I don't think. I think 100%. That's not how mainstream measures it. It's all dollars. Like you bought a million dollar punk, you're not going, you're down in ETH to that. Some, like, somebody, we'll talk about this. Well, somebody bought a punk. Uh, for a certain dollar price, that's about the same dollar price that it was sold. So it was a wash in dollar terms, but they were up about 3x in ETH terms. Was Ooh. that a victory or was that not a victory? Well, you, you and I know the answer. That was yes. a huge victory. That's, that's a called a 3x victory, victory because ETH <laughs> is money and it's the money you want to hold. Uh, Stablecoin market cap. So to your point, this mm -hmm. is the total volume value, excuse me, of all stablecoins out there, down 17%. So we had some um, mm -hmm. exit from stable coins. Yep. DeFi, total value locked. This is like assets under management, down 76%. Oof. Uh, layer two, total locked value is also down actually on the year in dollar terms, down 28%. Yet, Yo, that's a win. Tell me, but tell me the silver lining because what, if you denominate it in ETH, what is it? Yes, a layer two TVL denominated in ETH is up 118%. So that, in the grand scheme of things, that's what a bull market looks like in 2022. <laughs> you are only down 28.7% and your ETH denominated TVL is up 120%. The L2s are currently in a bull market despite the rest of crypto being down an average of 65%. If you are only down 28% in, in US dollar terms, that's a win. That's a huge yeah. win. If you're down least, you're winning in this market. Yes. L2s yeah. had a good year. So that's how we we wrap 2022 mm -hmm. that's what went on we'll talk a little bit more about what we can expect in 2023 later in the episode of course uh crypto spot volume on exchanges down as well so you could see the peak here 
Like mm-hmm. the peak was around May of 2021 yep. in mm-hmm. terms of volume on, volume on exchanges. What is FTX? Where's FTX here? Do you see it on the, on the, on the right? I, I don't see it. Huh. I don't they must see have stripped all. FTX from these charts, but legitimate. I, well, I, think, I think they're not counting exchanges. that as le- no longer legitimate volume. <laughs> yes. So. All right. Well, t- take us to some traditional finance uh, metrics as well. Give us some context for the S&P market that we're in, the stock market that we're in, and this decline versus others. Yeah, so we're looking at a graph on on the screen here that basically has every single negative 20% or more decline from all-time high of the S&P 500. And there's a bunch on the screen. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 different uh, 20% declines from all-time high since World War II. And so you can see 2022 in red. It's kind of hard to see because at the very beginning they're overlapping, but I'm highlighting it here with my arrow here. Ryan can't see that. Uh, in red, we have it 2022. And I would say it's among the herd it's definitely on the lower end of the herd as in it has dropped faster than the herd of these many 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 different declines uh but i would say mostly par for the course slightly worse but also like we're in the middle of it it could continue it's not over yet it's not over necessarily it kind of looks a little bit at this point like the way 2007 looked. Right. And so we are a declining at about the right, the same pace that 2007 was, except we are no, not at that point of 2007 where it was declining as much as we were. And then it went down like two to two and a half times more. Uh, yeah. Well, so that's there's, interesting. There's some fear for you guys. Well, so, <laughs> so if uh, we get a 2023 that matches in the stock market 2007, then we're down another 30% from here. Basically, yeah, we we got it. We got way more to go. Yeah, and that could take another what mm-hmm. you know nine months to play out something like yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. That's that's like worst case scenario for sure. We also had this eight point three trillion was wiped out of the stock market in two thousand twenty two. If uh, that's a headline number for you as well, yeah. um, what is Michael Burry's take on mm-hmm. inflation? I thought that was interesting as we enter this year as well. Yeah, Michael Burry is calling for the peak of inflation. He says inflation peaked. But it is not the last peak of this cycle. We will are likely to see lower CPI, possibly negative in what's 2H 2023? The second half. The Se- second second half. half of 2023. And the U.S. in recession by any definition, the Fed will cut and government will stimulate and we will have another inflation spike. It's not hard. So that's what he, he's saying. Or we've currently uh, spiked. Uh, but it's not going to be the last spike that we will see, but we're going to come down for it and then we'll spike again. And then he's probably saying we're going to come down from that spike and then I'll spike again thereafter. I think that's what he's calling for. This is kind of when we talk to some of the macro experts who we like and respect, Lynn Alden, for instance, in the summer, this is kind of what she was predicting, basically, that we would be able to slay the beast, but then it would return and it would just be basically chop from inflation from here on out. Um, We're going to just trade blows between inflation and our insurmountable debt problem. And so we're going to be like, oh, inflation, it's too high. We need to we need to raise interest rates and then we'll raise interest rates and like, oh, interest payments, they're too high. And then we'll go back and we'll just bounce back between those two things. A bright spot in the crypto markets recently, crypto asset markets have been um, liquid. LSD. LSD. What is What is LSD, David? Explain what those are and, and show us some numbers here. Uh, so LSDs are liquid staking derivatives, uh, not the compound made by Albert Hoffman in 1947. Wow, that? odd amount about that. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. Albert Hoffman, yeah, two ends on his name. Uh, okay, so 
to, to lead the pack, we have uh, Lido, Rocket Pool, and Swise out of the LSD sector. Uh, Lido is up uh, 45%, uh, which is a big deal because it's a pretty high market cap. It's currently clocking in at $1.3 billion in fully diluted valuation. Hey, what, do, what, what do liquid staking derivatives sure. do, yes. basically? This is like, these are ETH? Um, yes. Like staking service staking, providers, basically. Exactly, yes. And so the idea is that you can stake your ETH with one of these systems, Lido, Rocket Pool, Swise, there's also a few others, and they will return you a staked ETH token as a result. And so that cool. staked ETH token is Ether plus the staking rewards that that Ether is also getting. So the rewards are built into the token. Uh, so Lido has staked ETH, Rocket Pool has our ETH, Swise has some, I don't know, can't remember the name of it, but it's got something similar. Uh, and so then... Th what we're talking about are the tokens associated with that protocol, right? So LDO is the Lido DAO token, which is up 45% at a full, fully diluted valuation of $1.3 billion. That's a big move, 45%. And these are over two-week time horizons, by the way. So 45% in two weeks, a big move for a $1.3 billion valuation project. Uh, Rocket Pool up 15% to $420 million fully diluted. And then Swise, as the smallest of the bunch, up a whopping 61% uh, for a $125 million valuation. Uh, Ryan, did you know that uh, we had exposure to Swise and the Bankless Fund? I, I do know that. And yeah. that, that nice is, job, Ben. Uh, well done, Ben. Okay, David, you mentioned the Bankless Fund. What is yep. this Bankless Fund thing? Uh, yeah, so we've got a super Chad analyst, Ben Giovi, uh, on the Bankless team. Uh, he's also highly active in the inner circle, and he also does a ton of analyst research for the Bankless newsletter, uh, which ends up turning into the Bankless uh, token report and also the token Bible. So if you want some of this research, you can uh, go get that if you are a premium subscriber. Uh, and using some of that research, him and me and Ryan are in a little Discord room in the HQ chat, and we talk about what we want to invest in uh, based off of the research that he is doing for the token Bible for the to and the token reports. Uh, and so if you want access to some of Ben's research uh, and what we are thinking about when we uh, invest in the Bankless Fund, uh, you can subscribe to Bankless and get some of that research. So uh, Swise was in there. Uh, Swise, Swise was, in, was there. in there. RPL was in there. I do not believe we have Lido exposure, no. Yes, and of course, all of our disclosures are posted at all times at uh, banklesshq.com slash disclosures, where you can see the composition of all things bankless, everything we hold. Um, all right, David, let's uh, let's talk about ETH staking because that number has gone up as well. Um, mm -hmm. This is, we're looking at total ETH deposited, 16 million or so ETH. I don't know what percent that is, about 13%, maybe close to 14% of all, all ETH ether. supply is yeah. now staked. Mm-hmm. That's and of a big course, deal. Of course, it only goes up into the right because withdrawals are not enabled. But this, yeah, thing, has, <laughs> this thing has never not gone up into the right. That thing is yeah. just an absolute rocket ship. So 16 million Ether state. Wow. Like not too far away from 20 million. A big event catalyst, I think, this quarter is, is the question of um, will we actually get withdrawals enabled maybe this quarter or shortly after into the next quarter? And what, mm -hmm. will, what will happen to this number once withdrawals are enabled? Um, I think David and I have said before, we don't think it'll go down that much. Others are a bit more bearish on this, say mm -hmm. it'll uh, decrease dramatically, and that will be a net negative for Ether. Um, you know, I, I'm still keeping the bull position on that. I don't think this number goes down very far, even post 
uh, withdrawals. When, when withdrawals are enabled, I st- still think it creeps up and we definitely finished the year higher than when we started. But what's your take on this? Oh, I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, I think that it'll, there'll definitely be a short-term decrease because people yes. will withdraw. Um, there will be more churn than there is a decrease, as in people will be able to finally withdraw from Lido. And this is kind of the meta that's going on right now with the, with the LSD derivative like meta is like, all right, like a lot of stuff is locked when there's finally churn that's enabled like who's going to try and capture Lido's market share is Lido going to even lose market share but like you know the fish are hungry and they're trying to capture some of that churn I think there's going to be way more churn shaking of the snow globe yes exactly yeah and so this uh, and because of withdrawals as a conversation people are just saying thinking that just like the attention is going to be on the lsd meta and so that's why we're talking about this right now the the trade the lsd trade has definitely shown up in the charts you can see it uh and uh whether i think the staking uh supply will go down i bet you in the quarter in the three month period it will be net up so i bet you it could be down for a month maybe it's down for two months by around three months i'm pretty confident that whatever withdrawal the, the net withdrawals happen will have already happened and we'll be up into the right one again so lsd doing well uh so is arbitrum arbitrum, arbitrum had a big year this is size chad mm-hmm. saying um arbitrum size is size by the way i met size chad in person at permissionless yeah he absolutely he, lives up to his name no, that, this man is a beast <laughs> that is He's not like a manufactured four name. of that, me that is an organically discovered name size yeah. chad is truly size do you, chad <laughs> do you know there's a picture out there somewhere i've never been able to find it of me uh size chad and cooper turley all like standing next to each other and I'm in the middle. <laughs> I have I, not I, seen that. No, it ba- basically it looks like I'm like Frodo uh-huh. and there's like Aragorn and like, you know, uh-huh. Boromir or something. Like I look like a child. I'm yeah. child sized compared to these people. Anyway, oh uh, what's what's the size Chad of uh, Arbitrum? What's this uh, graph we're looking at? Uh, so on the left, we have the deposits of ETH into Arbitrum 1, which is totaling a little bit over 800,000. And on the right, we have deposits in ETH to literally every single other layer two which is <laughs> coming up to seven hundred thousand now ether. this isn't tvl this is to ETH. this is eth this is bridged eth which is in my mind the best kind of tvl but you're right not all tvl uh and so arbitrum is literally the size chad of, <laughs> <laughs> of layer twos so congrats to the arbitrum ecosystem and one thing i've definitely noticed on twitter is that the arbitrum community has started to um delineate into sub-communities. And so you're seeing oh, really? that same sort of thing that we saw on Ethereum over 2020 to 2022 of Ethereum developing into its own sub-communities. In communities, you're seeing that in Arbitrum as well. So the Arbitrum like ecosystem is really strong. Yeah, uh, it, we'll see. This is another snow globe where this mm-hmm. uh, is just getting started. This competition right. for L2s is just getting started. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'll, I'll be, love to see this number at the end of 2023. David, what do we got coming up next? SBF pleads not guilty. Bold strategy. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, the Winklevi of twins pick a fight with Barry Silver of DCG and Genesis on Twitter. And again, like I said, a not so great update from the Celsius court proceedings. So that's all the big news of the week. And so we'll get to all of these conversations and more. But first, a moment to talk to Kraken, who is our strategic sponsor of 2023, because Kraken knows that if you're going to adopt crypto protocols, you're going to adopt crypto values. And that philosophy has been why Kraken has stuck around for over 12 years now. And so we're going to hear from 
from them right now. Kraken has been a leader in the crypto industry for the last 12 years. Dedicated to accelerating the global adoption of crypto, Kraken puts an emphasis on security, transparency, and client support, which is why over 9 million clients have come to love Kraken's products. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, the Kraken UX is simple, intuitive, and frictionless, making the Kraken app a great place for all to get involved and learn about crypto. For those with experience, the redesigned Kraken Pro app and web experience is completely customizable to your trading needs, integrating key trading features into one seamless interface. Kraken has a 24-7, 365 client support team that is globally recognized. Kraken support is available wherever, whenever you need them, by phone, chat, or email. And for all of you NFTers out there, the brand new Kraken NFT beta platform gives you the best NFT trading experience possible. Rarity rankings, no gas fees, and the ability to buy an NFT straight with cash. Does your crypto exchange prioritize its customers the way that Kraken does? And if not, sign up with Kraken at kraken.com bankless. Hey, Bankless Nation. If you're listening to this, it's because you're on the free Bankless RSS feed. Did you know that there's an ad-free version of Bankless that comes with the Bankless Premium subscription? No ads, just straight to the content. But that's just one of many things that a premium subscription gets you. There's also the Token Report, a monthly bullish, bearish, neutral report on the hottest tokens of the month. And the regular updates from the Token Report go into the Token Bible, your first stop shop for every token worth investigating in crypto. Bankless Premium also gets you a 30% discount to the Permissionless Conference, which means it basically just pays for Itself. There's also the airdrop guide to make sure you don't miss a drop in 2023. But really, the best part about Bankless Premium is hanging out with me, Ryan, and the rest of the Bankless team in the Inner Circle Discord only for premium members. Want the alpha? Check out Ben the Analyst's DGen Pit, where you can ask him questions about the token report. Got a question? I've got my own Q&A room for any questions that you might have. At Bankless, we have huge things planned for 2023, including a new website with login with your Ethereum address capabilities, and we're super excited to ship what we are calling Bankless 2.0 soon TM. So if you want extra help exploring the frontier, subscribe to Bankless Premium. It's under 50 cents a day and provides a wealth of knowledge and support on your journey west. I'll see you in the Discord. David, I hope we left SBF in 2022, but he's back. This time he's saying he's not guilty, but before that, he also said it wasn't me. What is he talking about here? This tweet, none of these are me. I'm not and couldn't be moving any of these funds. I don't have access to them anymore. What funds is he talking about? People think he moved some money? Yeah, so uh, on crypto Twitter, this conversation happened as soon as this one wallet, which was known to be SBF's wallet, started moving hundreds of thousands of dollars from one wallet A to wallet B. And as, and then uh, SBF retweeted a Cointelegraph article talking about this, saying, none of these are me. I couldn't be doing this because I don't have access to them anymore. Uh, and then uh, crypto Twitter replies, like, this is an address that you stated was yours. Like SBF frequently, like previously identified this address that money is coming out to as my address, as SBF's address. It's been noted by other people that it is SBF's address. Uh, and now SBF is saying, it's not me. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it's not him, but can you really trust him anymore? <laughs> like, damn. That was my comment. I was just basically, yeah, but what if you're lying? Like, I mean, <laughs> Which at on, this point, Sam. there's no defense for that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But remember, last we left him before, uh, at least I broke for the holidays, uh, he was out on bail. Mm -hmm. So he's still out. 
um, you know, maybe on a house arrest. I don't know if that's the case anymore, but clearly he has access to Twitter now. Yeah. So uh, not in jail any longer. Uh, we'll see if that changes this year. And I think this meme really just summarizes everything. It's the uh, they don't know meme, of course, but th- this time it has the curly hair of SBF as the guy in the corner. And the curly hair SBF guy in the corner says, they don't know it's not me moving the funds. And then the people dancing are like, you doxed the address, you dumb mf'er. <laughs> So, yeah, summarize. Uh, He's also pleading not guilty to criminal charges. So he's had his day in court so far. And when the judge asked, what do you plead? Sam Bankman fried He said, not guilty. I'm innocent of all the charges. Hmm. Why do you think so? I know there's been some conspiracy about this, that again, this idea that maybe he has some get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. He has some politician, maybe the WEF's involved. Um, somebody's involved like the global elites to, to get him off the hook. What do you think about this? Yeah. So there, I think there's the very simple take and I think then there's the more nuanced let's read into this take and I'll let you take that conversation. The first one is that the plea deal that he got was so bad that he was like, he, it was, wasn't a good plea deal at all. So he's like, damn it, I'll, I'll just fight this. Right. Because he is so incredibly guilty that they basically gave him zero compromises on his plea deal. And so he decided that I'll, because the plea deal was so bad, I'll just, he might fight, as, it. I'll just, I'll just fight it because yeah. it's a lose, lose scenario. Uh, I think that is a pretty simple explanation, but, uh, I know that there's another explanation that you've got that you want to talk about. Well, this is an interesting opinion piece that I re- uh, read in uh, CoinDesk, but Basically, the idea that um, maybe Sam Bankman Freed actually is so deluded that he thinks he's innocent. Mm. He, he, he thinks that he is the victim. You know, it's often said that uh, nobody ever sees themselves as the villain. Yeah. And I think that's the case with Sam Bankman Freed. I mean, he might legitimately think that um, he is innocent of at least some of these charges. Uh, I don't know what kind of moral framework he operates under. It's been incredibly confusing. Uh, for me to see over the last six months to you know uh, or longer, but um, he may be really deluded enough to think that he's got a chance to fight this, and that would be consistent with all of his interviews and the press tour he was going mm-hmm. on before he actually got put in jail. Still, though, David, I would have thought uh, some nights in prison in the Bahamas would have woken him up to the reality that like he's in deep right. and he's not going to get out of this with uh, an interview and an aw shucks and saying, I'm sorry, 10 more times, that these are serious charges laid against him. And uh, he doesn't really have a way out. There's mounting evidence. I mean, his two uh, partners in this, uh, Caroline and, and who's the other, but they've eff- effectively um, you know, ratted him out. They, right. they are effectively uh, you know, telling everything and divulging everything uh, and I would imagine behind closed doors blaming him. So I don't know if he gets out of this, but he might just be deluded enough to think he, he can try. Yeah, I mean, I'm always happy to try and put on armchair psychologist, David. But like some sort of Prince syndrome might be in effect here by his like Harvard, highly educated elite parents treating him like a prince and telling him. And this is a, a quote from the article. Sam Bakeman's freed self-image, in other words, is both of a gifted and good person. We are watching that clash with the reality of his behavior, that of a conniving, stimulant, addicted screw up. Uh, mm-hmm. And they also talk about the disposition of his parents. Uh, we saw signs during the hearings in the in the Bahamas that his parents are struggling in similar ways to reconcile their idea of their son with the reality of his actions. Barbara Freed, Sam's mother, was seen laughing at descriptions of her son as a criminal. Wow. Um, yeah. That is delusional. 
I yes. don't know what to make yeah. of that. Um, yeah. Again, we'll have to see how this turns out. But uh, what's the probability that Sam goes to jail this year? Do you think that's a that's a slam dunk going to happen? Would, I would bet my. I think it would be rational to bet my net worth. Yeah. Your net worth? Yeah. It would not thing. be rational because there's no upside, David. You don't have to do that. What do you mean there's I no guess, upside? Well, I bet it like double if or I, nothing. If I'm or right, just, yeah, it's a double or nothing. Yeah, if okay, I'm right, my net worth doubles. Yes. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, you wouldn't do that? I, I definitely wouldn't I do think that. That's no. a, I think that's a rational bet. I think so. <laughs> well, uh, I would say I'm I'm 90% certain is how I'd phrase it. That, okay, uh, so, so, so will, will you put 90% of No, I'm not going to put any money on This is like betting on Ripple or doing something like this. Like, I don't do that, either down or up. I don't bet against it. Who knows what could happen? Yeah. The world is a very strange place. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Winklevosses versus Barry Silbert talking about a strange place that we're in. They uh, put out an open letter on mm-hmm. Twitter this week. What does this say from Cameron Winklevoss? Yeah, it's basically a, a, a damnation of Barry Silbert and Digital Currency Group and how uh, it is up to Barry to make things right again, that Barry has the power to make things right again, and he's not doing that. Uh, and so I'll read one specific paragraph. Uh, the idea in your head that you can quietly hide in your ivory tower and that this was all just will just magically go away or that this is someone else's problem is pure fantasy. To be clear, this mess is entirely of your own making. This is uh, Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss to Barry Silvert. Digital Currency Group, of which you are the founder and CEO, owes Genesis $1.67 billion. That is the money that Genesis owns to Gemini Earn customers and other creditors. You took this money, the money of school teachers, to fuel greedy, yeah, right, to fuel greedy, greedy share buybacks, illiquid venture investments, and kamikaze grayscale net asset value trades that balloon the fee-generating AUM of your trust, all at the expense of creditors and all for your own personal gain. It's now time for you to take the responsibility and for do to do the right thing wow pretty pretty damning and that actually kind of paints a picture that is pretty similar to what was going on with ftx right like taking in customer deposits doing a liquid venture capital bets and and like share buybacks and all that's kind of what uh, sbf did uh perhaps in a much more above board fashion but this is what the gemini twins are charging barry silbert with barry silbert who's been very quiet on twitter lately uh, woke up from from his hibernation, if you will, and, re- and responded and said, DCG did not borrow $1.67 billion from Genesis. DCG mm. has never missed an interest payment to Genesis and is current on all of its loans outstanding. DCG delivered to Genesis and your advisors a proposal on December 9th and has not received any response. And then Cameron Winklevoss responds on Twitter, there you go again. Stop trying to pretend that you and DCG are innocent bystanders and have nothing to do with creating this mess is completely disingenuous. Uh, and basically the fight, that's basically the fight, yeah. Sparring back and forth, right? And yeah. uh, this is this is Cameron Winklevoss really turning up the heat on Barry and, and making this public and disparaging him quite mm-hmm. openly. So yeah. I don't know what this is. Negotiation tactic, um, they're obviously talking behind closed doors as well. At least their legal arms are but this still doesn't look like it's close to getting resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel for everyone who has money in earn accounts, right? Of course, it's, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know that we're any closer to, uh, to seeing those, those, uh, deposits, you know, fr- freed up, uh, with this ongoing dispute. It's uh, crazy to me that all this takes place publicly too over Twitter. Right. Yeah. Like what a, 
What a weird time we're living in. <laughs> At least we get to talk about it. And the last update on the DCG Genesis case that we have actually happened right before we started recording. So we are still waiting for further details, but a tweet out that seems to be corroborated and accepted. Uh, update DCG slash Genesis is under active investigation by the SEC. Sources confirm that there are multiple whistleblowers that have come forward. Uh, so this is just breaking as we are recording this. We're probably going to hear about this in further detail, perhaps Friday and throughout all of next week. And I guess we'll have to recover that the next weekly roll up. This is still some mess uh, carryover from last year spilling mm -hmm. into 2023. So hopefully this gets taken care of soon. Um, David, there's some bad news though for mm -hmm. Celsius depositors. Why don't you break it to us? Yes. So in the Celsius bankruptcy court proceedings, it has been ruled that if you are a customer who deposited money into Celsius, that is not your money. Uh, and it belongs to Celsius at the moment of deposit. And so you are a creditor, not a customer. Uh, and so that you have to, as a former customer of Celsius, uh, line up in bank so in bankruptcy court, just like everyone else. Uh, and you're so, last in line behind yeah. other creditors as well, yeah. unfortunately, right? Yeah, exactly. So this is another stark reminder that not your keys, not your crypto, uh, if you have to read the fine print in order to understand if you are an owner of your own deposits or not, you should probably consider yourself not the owner of your deposits. This is from uh, Martin Glenn, who is the uh, bankruptcy judge here. He said, as explained below, the court concludes based on Celsius's unambiguous terms of service. Did you read those? And subject to any reserve defenses that when cryptocurrency assets were deposited in earn accounts, the cryptocurrency assets became Celsius's property. Oof. David, once Oof. people hit that deposit button, it was no longer their money. According they to the terms it. of service. Yes, according to the terms of service, they gave it to Alex. They entrusted Alex Mashinsky with it. And of mm -hmm. course, he was off gambling with it in all sorts of uh, ways. And so remember, how brutal is that? And remember, of course, Alex's uh, warning to us all on his T-shirt. If we could put that image up, uh, Luke, on the screen. Uh, banks are not your friend. <laughs> Thank you, Alex, for letting us know. What a, what a reminder. Yeah. Uh, what pretty brutal. So uh, my Celsius deposit never coming back, huh, David? Yeah, sorry, brother. Sorry um, about that. Well, what is the uh, attorney general? of New York doing mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, this also came out just a few hours ago. So New York Attorney General tweets out, I'm suing the former CEO of cryptocurrency platform Celsius Network for defrauding investors out of billions of dollars. Alex Mashinsky lied to people about the risk of, the, of investing in Celsius, hid it from deteriorating financial condition, and failed to register in New York. So the NYAG going after Alex Mashinsky, which I definitely think is like, Probably please prosecute right. the villains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pro please prosecute him. I'm worried about uh, overreach and overflow into the crypto world. So it's like, hey, uh, let's regulate crypto as a result of this. Like, just nice. Let's place it on the table. We should regulate and and criminalize fraudsters who do bad things. And if they happen to use crypto to do that, that is an adjacent fact. Not it's not crypto that is about this. I would like to place that on the table. Yeah, I uh, look, I agree. I'm, I'm glad that um, Attorney General James is taking this action. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I do get worried when um, the last line of her, her tweet is, uh, we will continue to protect people from the risks of investing in cryptocurrency. Ryan, oh, no. the risks of investing in cryptocurrency are why I'm here. Yes. And you also can't prot like protect people from them without like, uh, being well, how do you do that? Yeah. yeah. 
So I'm, I'm just worried about that last line. Um, mm -hmm. What it should say, ideally, is continue to protect people from the risks of centralized- Banks. 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 Providing <laughs> cryptocurrency services. Trust. That's where we need protection. Yes, in that exactly. In that area where we don't have public information, that area where we give up our private keys, we mm -hmm. need protection there. We if there's small DeFi print, protocols. we need protection. If there's a terms of service, we need some help. Um, yeah, that's all right. exactly right. So what do we got coming up next, David? I think we're getting into prediction zone, huh? Yeah, this is going to be super fun. We're going to talk about our predictions for 2023. We're going to talk about other people's predictions for 2023. And of course, the rest of the news as well. A Bitcoin core dev has all of their Bitcoin stolen in a self-custodial fumble. I'll have to talk about that as well as the rest of the news. Some Cuba news, some NFT news, as zombie punk got stolen, and a bunch of other cool stuff. So all of this and more right after we talk to some of these fantastic sponsors to help you go bankless. Arbitrum One is pioneering the world of secure Ethereum scalability and is continuing to accelerate the Web3 landscape. Hundreds of projects have already deployed on Arbitrum One, producing flourishing DeFi and NFT ecosystems. With the recent addition of Arbitrum Nova, gaming and social dApps like Reddit are also now calling Arbitrum home. Both Arbitrum One and Nova leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum and provide a builder experience that's intuitive, familiar, and fully EVM compatible. On Arbitrum, both builders and users will experience faster transaction speeds with significantly lower gas fees. With Arbitrum's recent migration to Arbitrum Nitro, it's also now 10 times faster than before. Visit Arbitrum.io where you can join the community, dive into the developer docs, bridge your assets, and start building your first dApp. With Arbitrum, experience Web3 development the way it was meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. Uniswap is the largest on-chain marketplace for self-custody digital assets. Uniswap is, of course, a decentralized exchange, but you know this because you've been listening to Bankless. But did you know that the Uniswap web app has a shiny new fiat on-ramp? Now you can go directly from fiat in your bank to tokens in DeFi inside of Uniswap. Not only that, but Polygon, Arbitrum, and Optimism Layer 2s are supported right out of the gate. But that's just DeFi. Uniswap is also an NFT aggregator, letting you find more listings for the best prices across the NFT world. With Uniswap, you can sweep floors on multiple NFTs and Uniswap's universal router will optimize your gas fees for you. Uniswap is making it as easy as possible to go from bank account to bankless assets across Ethereum. And we couldn't be more thankful for having them as a sponsor. So go to app.uniswap.org today to buy, sell, or swap tokens and NFTs. Predictions for 2023. We'll get to ours, but first let's start with Eric Wall. David, let's read these one by one. You got the first one from Eric Wall. He's got a bunch of them here. Number one, Binance and Tether survives. I agree. Uh, that's, they've already survived all these years. They're going to survive again. Uh, what's number two? Also agree. Yeah. Uh, number, I agree with that. Number two is Sam Bankman fried goes to prison for 10 plus years. I, yes, we already said, I agree with I, that. That's betting my net worth. Year. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> David's really, he's really going for that one. What's number three? I'm now susceptible to a huge flight risk from Sam Bankman fried Uh, number three, Bitcoin's $15.4,000 was the bottom. Agree. You agree? Wow. You guys calling a bottom? Yes. Um, come, come on, Ryan. I'm not going to agree with that. Oh, you. What? I'm not going to agree with that. Dirty. All right. All right. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan's out for that one. Number four. But I'm not going to bet my net worth, David. <laughs> Number four. Noster interest fizzles out. Elon resigns. What's Noster? I don't know what Noster don't is. Don't know. Okay. Skip uh, that Elon one. Elon resigns, though. Do you think that will happen? Twitter? Resigns from Elon what? Twitter? Resigns? I guess so. Yeah. 
he was unclear, so he's got three shots at it. I yeah, guess. I don't, I don't know what's going on. How many on. companies in Elon? Okay, uh, Ethereum enables withdrawals. That's oh, yes. a big, big yes. Big That's yes. happening. Big yes. Big yes. You're right, Eric. Mm-hmm. Go six. You, you should like the ones that you agree with. Number six, the okay. most interesting thing in crypto continues to be AI, LLMs, GPT, and stable diffusion. So Eric's saying that crypto is going to be super boring and we're all going to be talking about AI stuff throughout 2023. Nope. Uh, Downvote. Oh. Down I, I don't know. Actually, man, AI is pretty interesting. We're going to be talking about crypto. It's not going to be the most interesting thing in crypto. Come on. That would be a super boring year. I, totally I'm, not, not I'm not a slam dunk. No on that one? Uh, or yes on that one? Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, I will bet my net worth. <laughs> <laughs> Solana $8 was the bottom. Agree. I disagree. I don't think so. I don't agree so much as Ether or Bitcoin on that one, but yes, I do agree. ETH, I think we ETH BTC touches is 0.09. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. <laughs> yeah. uh, by okay. the way, the flipping where, is at where 0.16. Are we right now? Uh, 0.072. Uh, 0. 0.09. I think would be a, a high. Good call. It would be a high. Um, it's good. It's a good call. I, I'm going with a yes on that. Yeah. Mount Gox coins are finally redistributed. I, I have no idea. I don't honestly. have an opinion on that one. Uh, how about this one? NFT slump stops returns one billion monthly. Uh, yes. So he is calling the bottom on NFT volume. Mm-hmm. I don't have a strong opinion on that one. I'm neither. I do don't I. have a strong opinion on that one. It's going to be a good year for NFTs, but not a crazy year yeah. in my opinion. Uh-huh. Bitcoin pumps this? above thirty thousand uh, dollars. I think odds are that volatility will take it above thirty thousand dollars, and then it could return to below twenty thousand dollars. Agreed. In the same year, uh, and so I, I agree with that one. Uh, That's the thing is, I don't think we've hit lows yet, but I also think we'll we'll be over thirty k at some point. At some point, this yeah. Year. Twelve months is a long time. Uh, Ethereum eighty percent OFAC compliance was the top. Agree. Big agree. OFAC compliant blocks are down only from here on out. Uh, the SEC brings a case against Hex, drops below a cent. Uh, what do you think? At least one of those two things will happen. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll go with drop. one of those two things. Do you know? Do you know where the price of Hex is right now, Ryan? I bet. I, don't I, I bet know. you don't even know. It's not a thing that's burnt in my memory at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it was I like don't care about one point seven cents last I checked. Oh, well, it's, that, it's at it's at one point nine cents right now. One point nine cents. Yeah. I mean, so he, he wants a fifty percent drop in Hex. There could be a SEC brings a case and hex, hex explodes to $10. Who knows? Uh, Trump NFT floor revisits all-time high. This is not something I have an opinion on, David. I don't have an opinion on that one. Uh, Celestia launches above $1 billion fully diluted valuation. If Celestia does launch, it will certainly be above a $1 billion fully diluted valuation. How about this one? Uh, 16 taproot adoption doubles and hits three percent okay i'm not sure if this is a real prediction this is actually eric wall just being mean about taproot and bitcoiners <laughs> he's, don't know what he's just means. saying what that taproot mean? adoption doubles and that means it's going to hit three <laughs> percent okay. he's just being mean <laughs> in that one uh, no, no new bitcoin soft fork agree yeah that's probably a pretty easy one look at this one's hard though uh 18 cardano finally drops out of the top 10 i'm not sure i could say that I, I'm, I'm also not it's at number nine right now ryan but and with it's got polygon on its heels at number 10 um but the next biggest thing that i believe in that follows after that is lido and it's that's at number 12 and so the lido market cap right now is six billion uh, but, uh yeah, but dollars you, i i think this is this is hard to define because of course it's going to fall out of the top 10 at least once next year easy slam dunk but does he mean for a sustained period of time you know what i mean like or fall permanently i think out? he i think he's implying uh it stays out of the top 10 
That's what I think he's implying. And yeah. I, I'm not get, I don't think that's going to happen. There's not strong contenders. S- yeah. It's not Cardano's got $9 billion uh, for uh, valuation. Somebody'd have to replace Cardano right now. And who has, it's like right now, a lot of these top 10 are trading on meme power. Who has the meme power to replace it? Yeah, we would need another stable coin to make its way to the top 10. Uh, that could happen. That could, a stable coin. Die could pump, uh, to, could knock Cardano out. Anyways, let's move Die? on. Die? That'd be big. Yeah. Uh, risk zero changes the game for ZK rollups. Enable smart coin. I don't know what that is. Risk uh, zero? I, risk zero, it's an EVM parallelization, I think, startup. Um, Ashley Schapp was explaining it to me in ECC. That, it was, this must it be something Eric invested in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Eric, maybe not. Ethereum layer two TVL reaches above $10 billion. I want to say huh. yes to that. Definitely I want, yes. I want to say yes to that. No, I'm a hell yes. We have a it's long at way like to go. It's seven right now. No, it's, we're at Is four. It? We're at four right now. Four. Okay. Well, we've been near before. We've been close to seven. That's why I remember that I number think, four. I think it can hit 10 billion. Yeah. Like Lightning Network public channel capacity stays below 10K, so he's bearish on Lightning. Yes, he's always been... Uh, Yes. Ooh, wow. Coming into 22, Larry and Frank leave the block and start their own competitor. Wow. That is a hot, hot prediction. At this point, this has to just be meme predictions. Huh. I mean, I think they could. I think they could. They they seem to really care about their jobs and care about the block. But there was that drama at the end of the year. Um, This turns out to be decent called both Lido and Coin will 10x at least. Yeah, so that that's his, uh, and he agrees with, uh, this is also DJ and Spartan's bags, is Lido and Coinbase. Hmm. What's this, number 24, David? I think we are, man, we're really getting into the bottom of the barrel predictions from America. <laughs> Kobe tweets comments, JFC, more than eight times with 1,000 likes each, probably. Um, <laughs> Suzu and Kyle Davis, Davies miraculously can become influential Bitcoin maximalists. Okay. I can totally see this. I, honestly, yeah. Uh, Vitalik graduates from crypto it. after Ethereum's migration to proof of stake. Vitalik will feel like he owes both it to Ethereum and himself to step back slightly, probably by taking up a few non-crypto responsibilities like AI or charity. And you know, I don't know if it's 2023 that Vitalik does something it like this, sometime. but I can totally see like, yeah, I can totally see this. Yeah. Yeah, not quite yet, in my opinion. But yeah. I think this last part, taking up a few non-crypto responsibilities, I could totally see that. But yeah. graduating from crypto is too strong. In yeah, my I don't opinion. think you so. Do that I next. don't think so. Uh, rehypothecation of ETH stake becomes cool. It's called restaking and liquid staking. We'll see a lot more of this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That will happen. Uh, Nova Gratz doesn't get any new tattoos. Yes, he does not get any new tattoos. Or at least he doesn't tweet about it. 29, Do Kwan is caught. I don't know. He's in Serbia. He's like in the place that you can't catch him in. Ah, uh, you can catch anybody anywhere, don't you think? Is he tweeting? Who's lately? coming after him? I don't know if anyone's so coming think, after no, him. So you think no, he's not going to get caught. I'm, I'm saying I'm not Interpol betting. Interpol notice, I'm not, red I'm, notice, man. Oh, that's right. I, all I'm saying is I'm not betting my net worth on it. <laughs> all right. Uh, last one. A bit late, but Luke Dash Jr. loses his Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, God. this is how we'll you talk know about he's that later. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, well, what are the bankless predictions, David? I think we're uh, maybe less spicy with some of those. But first, before we get to the 2022 predictions, we should get to our 20, our 2023 predictions. We should get to last year's predictions and uh, get, give a report card here. How'd we do in our layup predictions for last year? Uh, so, Ryan, you and I, this time last year, were bullish and it was also the top. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so, Sounds like you're justifying something. Uh, I'm just saying we were bullish when we when it was the top, and so all of our bullish predictions are. Eh. 
<laughs> so crypto crosses new all-time highs. That did not happen. Uh, that this, These are our layup predictions. And so these were the ones that we all kind of felt were true as a company. We all kind of came together. And it's like, all right, what are the easy ones? Uh, so we didn't do so great. Um, crypto crosses new all-time highs. Did not get that one. ETH2 merge happens. That totally happened. Total crypto market cap reaches $5 trillion. Uh, we only hit $3 trillion, so we did not get that one. Uh, Bitcoin gets adopted by another nation state. We got that one, but I will say just barely. Um, CAR. What's CAR? Uh, this is... Um the, it's a country in Africa, so this is a Central, Central Af African Republic. Okay, adopted cool. it in June. Right. Did happen. Uh, Ethereum becomes a trillion dollar network. Uh, we didn't get there. We only got to about 0.56. Half a trillion. Half a trillion. Yeah. Layer two reaches 25 billion dollars in total locked value. We only got to seven. Oof. Uh, NFT sales hit 30 billion dollars. Uh, which totally happened. Uh, it hit $30 billion by April. Uh, one DeFi protocol will reach the top 10 in market cap. We are almost there, but it did not happen. Um, Wait, with what? Like uh, Lido. Lido. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. Lido. Lido. Yeah. Fair, fair. That did almost happen. Yeah. Uh, and DAOs will make an eight-figure purchase for an in-real-life item. I don't really think that happened. Um, no, it didn't happen, it didn't but really happen. we're giving ourselves, uh, again, we're grading this report card, David, so we can be nice <laughs> to ourselves. So we're giving ourselves partial credit for this because Ukraine Dow legitimately mm -hmm. bought, um, obviously tons of military gear and it was almost eight figures. It was something like $8 million, right? But the item that so was bought was a, was a NFT of a, yeah, partial uh, credit. All right. Partial, partial credit. credit. Wow. We're really uh, being lenient here. Yeah. And then the last one, of course, Michael Saylor buys more Bitcoin. That was just a free space. He totally did. <laughs> that was very easy. All right, Ryan, My predictions. This is, this I did is, worse than that. This is okay. Now we're getting into Ryan's specific predictions. Yeah, so, so here's so Ryan's predictions. Also, I, I said crypto would be above seven trillion and it only reached three trillion. So I was Oof. overly bullish. I said ETH would get to 10K. And by the way, that's what all of this was based on. That was on. the bull market. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so look, I mean, the basis was I thought we would do another 10X from last all-time mm -hmm. high, which was in the, you know, thousand zone. We didn't, we only hit 4.5 K. Um, doesn't mean 10 X isn't happening. It means it's didn't happen in 2022 oh, it's, it's and still probably happening. won't in 2023. Uh, layer twos enter the top 10. I think that's a yes. If you count polygon, which I do bridges to billions. So across and hop issue tokens, bridges, I was more bullish on bridges going into 2022 mm -hmm. and cross layer two culminate. bridges specifically. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bitcoin to 100K, uh, it only hit 63K. This should actually be an X. I don't know why yeah. that's a check. Uh, Web3 gets social. We had some launches, right. Farcaster, Lens, DSO. It's still too early for Web3 to really succeed we're on social. We're punting on that one. David, I said DeFi would return. It definitely did, it did not, not return. It did not return. Okay. And yet, yeah. David, mm. it did serve us when CeFi failed. Yep. And that's a big plus. Mm -hmm. um, I thought there'd be some crypto banks that would IPO. Nope. We almost happen. got that one with Circle. And then the SEC said no. Uh, so there you go. Blocked by the SEC. DAOs get weirder. I'll count Ukraine as kind of a mm -hmm. weird DAO that, you know, fighting a war. Raise, like for a DAO, that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, NFTs add extensions. That What I meant is that they would expand into other media properties. Board Ape Yacht Club definitely did that. Yeah. I thought GameFi would build a niche. Nope. It didn't nope. way too early. Overall, my grade is a C minus. And I think this is because 
I expected uh, the bull cycle to have about 50% more upside than it did. Mm-hmm. But by mm-hmm. April, the Fed was tightening. Yeah. And then after April, just everything unwound yep. as the tide uh, was coming out. And uh, apparently no one had shorts on in crypto. So um, you didn't expect everyone to be completely immature and irresponsible. Well, I didn't. And I think like some of these predictions just don't take into account macro, right? Because we kind of ignore it because like who knows what's going to happen with macro. So that's Mm -hmm. what messed me up. This year, I'm being more cautious, David. Sure. I think we're going to, I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs in crypto, but we're going to finish above 2 trillion. That is more than a 2x, brother. Yep. I think that's ahead. Uh, But there'll be ups and downs. ETH withdrawals will be enabled. That's probably yep. an easy one. But yep. I also am hopeful for proto-dank sharding in 2023. Now, that's a that's going to be hard to hit. If it happens, it'll be down to the wire. Um, I think ETH will spike down to three digits. Sorry, David. Uh, if it does, that will give us one last final generational buying opportunity because I don't think we're going back to three digits again. It's not happening. I can't man. tell you for sure if that's going to happen, but I think it is. It's and not I'll, happening. I'll err on that side. Um, Ethereum outperforms Bitcoin, but we don't get a flipping next year. Mm. Uh, a crypto law almost gets through Congress. It won't be the end of the world. It'll just be something watered down. I am super bullish on layer two still, David. This yep. is probably the biggest call, um, mm-hmm. the biggest reach here. I think layer two's reached 25 billion. Eric Wall called for ten billion. Whoa. I'm saying twenty five billion in TVL. Whoa, All right? bro! So that's that's uh, bullish. I just carried over. I copied and pasted from last year. Right? It's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen next year, I'll just copy and paste. Yeah, it's going to happen in twenty twenty four. DeFi rebuilds back to TVL of one hundred and twenty five billion. We'd have a ways to go there. I think that's like a five x or four or five x or something like that. Um, so those are some of my predictions. What do you got? Do your report card first. All right. All right. Here's my report card. Uh, I led with the bear market never comes. I don't think there's a phrase I could have phrased that by and not <laughs> oh, been more bad. wrong. <laughs> so that was wrong. So you were a super cycler. <laughs> I, last year I, I, I mean, dude, we, we had just broken off into all time highs. We had just hit all time highs and like the momentum was continuing. Like I had yeah. the ETH to 10 K mindset, just like everyone else. Uh, I was I was dishing out that Kool Aid, but you said it this way, which is different. <laughs> the bear market never comes. The bear market definitely comes. Uh, I, my next uh, comment was: crypto newbies care less about centralization worries, and I'm claiming victory on that one because what did we learn? Uh, Celsius, FTX, like exchanges, blah 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 blah. Uh, but I'm also betting on the complete opposite for 2023. Uh, so I'm going to take the victory on that one. Um, the merch happens. Uh, got that one right. ETH competitors try to fix their monetary supply schedules. I have not seen any lick of that whatsoever. All of these It's ETH, still not. It's still not. Yeah. I, I'm claiming all of these ETH competitors still have currently their heads buried in the sand about their oversupply of block space and therefore oversupply of token issuance schedules. Um, solid fee markets arise on an ETH competing chain. That did happen for a moment on Avalanche and then it went back to zero. Uh, my next, my next uh, prediction was Optimism and Arbitrum develop into thriving metropolises. And I'm I think that happened, definitely, big big time. Uh, And I also thought that EVM equivalents will push optimism into dominance. Didn't happen in 2022, but I'm still holding out for this one. I think EVM equivalence is the long game, and optimism has been pioneering that. Uh, NFT flipping, you loses steam. 
Definitely did. Yeah, definitely did. Retail ran out, ran out of money, so it became less profitable for everyone. Uh, I, my, I made a claim that Rye receives adoption tailwinds. This was during inflation, big inflation moments. And so I said, as a result of inflation, Rye will receive adoption tailwinds. I will will say that Rye certainly received mindshare adoption, but that did not translate into no, real adoption. No, not at all. No. It's unfortunate because it's a really cool project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Board Apes flips punks. I, I predicted that. Uh, and I also linked uh, a, a link to a video because why did Bored Apes flip flip punks? Because security like properties. Did I just trigger a bunch of Bored Apes? Then go link, uh, watch the video that's linked in uh, the the release that we're talking about right now. Uh, Web three will become adopted as a household name. That kind of happens, but not really in the way that I wanted it to. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's definitely a household name. And then the last three predictions I made. The bankless meme picks up speed. That happened because of FTX. So thanks for that. Uh, Politicians rise to defend Web3 protocols. Uh, Tom Emmer and Pat Toomey, shout out to you guys for helping me be right on that one. Uh, And then Bankless keeps delivering. Uh, This was one I was in control over. uh, And so Uh, that's a free space. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good space. one. Um, and we got a lot of things uh, coming out more. So uh, I was given a grade by our newsletter editor, uh, a B. That's good, David. Some good predictions there. So what do you have in mind for this year? What's your 2023 predictions? My my first and foremost prediction centers around Ethereum scaling factor. And this is this metric that is being pioneered by Layer 2 Beat. Uh Ethereum's current scaling factor is 2.4, as in all of layer twos are doing 2.4 times the amount of transactions of the Ethereum layer one. I think we are going to see that number increase to five. So there will be five times the number of transactions on Ethereum layer twos as the Ethereum layer one. I think that's safe. That's yeah. pretty, I definitely think that's happening. Mm-hmm. At least one generalized ZK EVM will open up its playground for users. So that is, this is ZK Sync. This is Scroll. Um, but I do think this dark net ecosystem will maintain its lead ahead of the rest of the ZK EVMs. Hmm. Um, collectible NFT communities will increasingly look like Balaji's network stake thesis. And the only ones that are going to make it through this bear market will survive by injecting utility into their assets. That's my hot take there. Um, D- Ethereum DeFi blue chips will outperform alt layer one tokens and layer two tokens, by the way, for that matter, because Ethereum DeFi has already been in a bear market ahead one year ahead of everyone wow, else. Wow, that's maybe your boldest prediction yet because yeah. we've had two back-to-back 80% down years. Well, maybe we have an 80% down year in uh, blue chips and DeFi actually has an up year in that. <laughs> um, DAOs still will not have their shit together figured out probably most DAOs will continue to operate at a loss in a this is fine while the room is burning manner one or a few DAOs will attempt to focus on their PL, and that will eventually come to be reflected in their token price whether that happens by the end of 2023 hard to say i always like to say ryan on bankless there's always a bull market somewhere and i think this one will be signed in with ethereum and this will be a current reoccurring topic throughout 2023 as we see more websites with how do we measure that though powers. there's not really like a token you just think number of wise? instances of logins with private keys, logins, yeah. instances with private keys. Uh, and then the last three here, Bitcoin maxis will continue to become more and more insane and disconnected from reality. Corey Clipston specifically will spearhead this effort. Nice job. Uh, dual encroachment from the CFTC and the SEC will push crypto into its only safe place, the intangible land of decentralization, uh, a.k.a they're coming for us and the only way out is through decentralization. And then lastly, Richard Hart will still be here. He'll find a new scam to promote after Pulse Chain wears off. And also, Ryan, did you know that his last name was Schuler? 
I have no. I that have is no Richard idea. Hart's real last name. How'd you doesn't find doesn't that out? Google. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It doesn't have the same ring as Hart. No, Hart's a great last name if you're trying to pump a, a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. So um, that's good, David. We'll see how that plays out then, man. So those mm-hmm. are the 2023 predictions for you. Uh, you know, Bankless gets some of these things right. Directionally, mm-hmm. I think we are right. When we call for specifics, not so much. Not so great. Not so but great. But directionally yeah. and eventually, some of these predictions will happen. The longer um, we're, he- we're here, the more right we are. That's right optimism this mm-hmm. week a bunch of people are forking it what does this mm-hmm. mean yeah so this is a, a tweet from a from an optimism uh, person uh, another day another startup planning to fork optimism the op stack narrative is very strong from my startup data sample it's becoming the go-to repo for startups to deploy their own roll-up uh, and so this is actually a continuation of the thesis that I said that EVM equivalents will help uh, uh, optimism with its slower start. Uh, and for those, I made this video called the OP stack, which explains the OP stack and the philosophy behind this prediction. It, it came out the day that FTX went under. So there's this like super awesome video that is super informative that got drowned out by the FTX uh, debacle. So if you want to go down the OP stack rabbit hole, definitely watch this video. Uh, we got some NFT stuff too. So um, a zombie punk mm-hmm. was just sold for what looks like, to me anyway, uh, a lot of money. But mm-hmm. maybe this is down from what it was worth at some point in time. $1.3 million for this punk. You're looking at it right here. What's mm-hmm. the significance of this sale, David? It's just one of the biggest NFT sales in a very long time. I accidentally said when we led into sponsors that a zombie punk got stolen. Uh, no, a zombie punk got stole, sold, but it was a steal. And <laughs> nice. coming in at a 1,155 ETH price tag, we got a zombie punk. And so that, in my mind, is very cheap. That is a good purchase. And are they up on their ETH from that uh, sale? The, uh, the, uh, the, the seller? The anyone? owner? Uh, click that link and, and we'll be able to find out what it was Just last like bought for. Yeah. So if you scroll down to uh, previous sales. Oh, it was, okay. It was last sold, Ryan, for 500 ETH in May of 2021. So that was, uh, they are up. 660 ETH on that trade. That's the way to be up. Uh, yeah. Denominated in ETH. You denominate mm-hmm. in ETH during the bear market. That's the only way mm-hmm. to do it. Um, this was a, an article I noticed. I don't know if you saw this, but from PC Gamer, got a lot of traction on Reddit. And the title of the article is, Good job, Internet. You bullied NFTs out of mainstream games. And I saw so many threads on Reddit this week about, yeah, I'm glad they're gone. Hate NFTs. Glad, like, uh, they're the worst. They're kind of a scourge on gaming. Uh, And I was just reflecting on how just negative the Mm -hmm. world has turned on NFTs, particularly NFTs in games. This was a a meme I also picked out from from Reddit, which was, uh, whose opinion matters the least? And it picks on all of these tribes. Furries, weebs, influencers, Discord mobs, and then crypto bros, too, and NFT artists. And look who's in the crypto bro picture. It's Vitalik. Wow. Vitalik is the least crypto bro person like I know. I guess if that's what you think a crypto bro actually is. um, Anyway, I was just reflecting on this. Well, Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and guess that any representative in any one of these quadrants are probably saying the same thing about their particular quadrant. That's probably true, right? We just don't know. And I was just reflecting on, I remember the early stages of the internet and there was this new Mm -hmm. idea. This is like kind of the birth of Wikipedia and um, you know, reviews, Amazon reviews and Yelp and all of these things. Web two is like wisdom of the crowds. You remember that right. phrase? Wisdom of mm-hmm. the crowds. Well, like internet mobs are kind of dumb. Yeah. About, like stupidity bad. of the crowds. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know, this is just another example of 
the internet, I think, not getting it and not seeing the potential right. of these things and people making comments on things they actually don't know about. And um, yeah, I uh, I think the internet is completely wrong about NFTs. It's just like being mad about a file format like JPEGs or, or, or GIFs. Maybe you don't like how they've been used, but how can you be mad about NFTs as a property rights mechanism? Uh, I, I think it's actually pretty easy to push back on that one because the NFTs in their current form are not doing the things, Ryan, that you imagine that they will do in their heads in the future. And so the internet is currently pushing back on NFTs as they stand today because we as an industry have not learned how to actually produce an NFT that is actually desirable towards mainstream. So, so you I, are basically, you, your take is, well, we haven't actually deserved their respect, is exactly. what you're saying. Correct. And you also, we need, we need you also to go say back that to the drawing boards. The crypto bro, um, you know, scape to because that's that's also being scapegoated right now the crypto a bunch mm. of scammers that sort of thing right do you think that crypto deserves this too this kind of mockery or do you think so this like, is a broad so, brush to to talk about like who, this meme at a high level whose opinion matters least like nft artists andrew tate fans crypto bros weebs discord mods influencers these are all like communities of people that have members of them that believe in what they're saying and doing right, right. for better or worse right and like it's it's like you could also put in like a CrossFit person here or like a vegan or, you know, somebody who like has principles that they stand on and like are annoying on the Internet about it. <laughs> and so this is just an amalgamation of like all of those people. That's a good take. That's a good take. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's the the Internet still doesn't like NFTs. Maybe we deserve it. Maybe we right. don't. But yeah. I think uh, this warrants further investigations, probably some upside opportunities while mm -hmm. everyone else is ignoring it. David, what's this story about the Bitcoin core developer losing all his Bitcoin? Yeah, so there's this Bitcoin OG core developer, Luke Dash Jr., uh, who tweeted out that he lost over two, his Bitcoins, over 200 Bitcoins in a hack. Uh, he had a PGP, pretty good privacy. If you uh, have been uh, listening to our Before Bitcoin series, you would know what that is. Uh, he says his PGP was compromised and he had all of his Bitcoins stolen. Uh, he says he has no idea how. Uh, and uh, there's two kind of main takes that I've seen as a response to this. It's what the hell is a Bitcoin core dev uh, holding on PGP keys onto a hot computer that is exposed to the internet. That's bad like just opsec. Bad, bad opsec. And then the other take is like, haha, nice boating accident, bro. Um, no one really knows. There's also another take, which is like, if a Bitcoin core developer can lose their private keys, what hope is there for normies? What do you think right. about that take? Um... I mean, I've definitely at times held private keys in insecure ways, but I've always logged that in my head and then like, okay, I need to get rid of those private keys. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a personal responsibility thing more than it is like if this one guy can't do it, none of us can. And then also the solution to that is always innovation, innovation, innovation. Uh, Bitcoin I, doesn't I, have account abstraction. So. No, I'm super bullish on the future of smart contract wallets to make UX easy and OPSEC. Yeah, I, th yeah. I think we'll build them. Um, yeah. What about this, David? OpenSea yeah. blocking Cuban artists from the platform due to U.S. sanctions. What do you make of this? Yeah, that's. I mean, the headline's basically the news. OpenSea had to deplatform some Cuban artists because of sanctions. Uh, it's a sad day. Uh, a lot of people are mad at OpenSea for this, but at the end of the day, like they they want customers. They want every customer under the sun. Why can't they do this? Because of regulation. Uh, this is the design choice that OpenSea has chosen, uh, like a Web 2.5 thing, which centralized front end in the front and just uses Ethereum Rails in the back. And so this is uh, a result of that. Um, so sad day.
Yeah, it's unfortunate, but as long as these sorts of prohibitions don't happen on the protocol layer, that's where yep. they matter most, right? Yep. So NFTs can still be de deployed with your in Cuba or wherever you mm -hmm. are in the world, and uh, you can access it. Just can't open mm -hmm. access OpenSea, unfortunately. All right, for the first time in 2023, we're going to remind you <laughs> that this is the year you should be getting a job in crypto. We're not David, stopping. <laughs> we're not stopping. <laughs> Uh, we've got some jobs. I'm going to read them on the Bankless job mm -hmm. boards. As usual, it's bankless.palette.com slash jobs. Uniswap Labs has a senior software engineer they're looking for. Alchemy, a back-end engineer. Webacy, a software engineer. Webacy, also a QA analyst. Dimension, a crypto-native content marketer and more. You guys can find that at the Bankless job site. That's bankless.palette.com slash jobs. Uh, all right, David, what do we got coming up next? We got to get to some questions from the nation. We used to ask... The Twitter. We used to ask Twitter, what questions do you have? But we have changed that up. And now we are asking the Bankless Inner Circle, what questions do you want us to cover on the Bankless Weekly Rollup? And so we got three questions that we're pulling out out of the Inner Circle. And this is a perk for the Bankless Premium subscribers. If you are a premium subscriber and you are not in the Bankless Inner Circle, you should definitely go there. We've been having a ton of fun there lately. And this is where we are now asking the questions for the Weekly Rollup. So this is a place where me and Ryan and the rest of the Bankless team hang out. Uh, this is where the token report that we talked about earlier from Ben Giovi gets talked about and discussed. Uh, and you guys can ask all of us questions and more. Uh, here's Ryan's got a little bit of the inner circle up on the yeah, screen. Yeah, I'm sharing it on screen. This mm -hmm. is kind of like, I think of this as like a, a watering hole for the bankless community. Mm -hmm. Like it's, um, you know how you always say, David, like it's the bear market, so go find a bear market buddy. Yeah. This is where you guys find a bear market buddy, mm -hmm. all right? David and I met on Twitter and then that just quickly transitioned into Discord. Discord is a fantastic tool for meeting friends in crypto, especially mm -hmm. when if you don't go outside like me or you don't go to conferences or you can't get out there, you want to meet some people before you go to the conference, this is the place to do that. So there are something like 15,000, mm -hmm. close to 20,000 people on the Bankless journey in the Inner Circle Discord. And look at these channels. We talk about general stuff, NFTs. We talk about the podcast. We talk about token ratings. There's off-topic areas. Mm -hmm. David, you and I jumped in uh, and did an AMA in here not too long ago. We've done a few of those as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a section in the Inner Circle Discord uh, with a question we're going to answer in just a minute from mm -hmm. uh, Hashira. Is there a layer two that is IBC compatible? This is Cosmos uh, standard IBC. Mm -hmm. Or would it be possible to build one? Such an L2 would remove the need for multi-sig bridges between different ecosystems and would greatly benefit the entire crypto universe. We ask uh, are asked questions like this. We answer questions like that in the inner circle. So it's a great place to, uh, to meet the bankless community and mm -hmm. level up on the crypto journey. And David, how do people become inner circle members sure. and uh, go premium? Sure, there is a link in the show notes for you to go click that uh, click that button and it'll take you to where you can sign up for Bankless Premium and then you can ask some of these questions here. Uh, we're also in the middle of planning our ETH Denver in real life event for the Bankless Inner Circle. It's going to be our first one. Uh, we're super stoked for that. Uh, shall we get into the questions, Ryan? Yeah, so yeah. why don't we start with that first question yeah. that was just asked. So mm -hmm. is there a layer two that is IBC compatible and would it be possible to build one? What's the answer to that question, David? Yeah, sadly, this is where the lines are drawn between what Ryan and I call di different countries. Uh, IBC is the rules of the Cosmos ecosystem. 
Uh, the EVM are the rules for the Ethereum ecosystem. And sadly, you cannot cross those lines without having to change languages. And what that means is that we cannot cross lines with our assets either without having to have a trusted intermediary in the process facilitate that service. So there is no way to build an IBC layer two, because if you are building a layer two on Ethereum, you are specifically creating a very formalized relationship with the Ethereum layer one, and you cannot have two layer ones that you consider equal. You have to pick a single layer one to adhere to the rules towards. So if you are building a layer two on Ethereum, you cannot build an IBC compatible, a Cosmos compatible app chain as your Ethereum layer two. It just doesn't work like that, I'm sad to say. Is it possible that it will in the future? I mean, is there research on going about this? I don't think that's possible. I do not think that that is a possible thing to do. So, so this is this kind of goes back to why you and I are like kind of like maximalist in the sense of there's going to be a very low number of ecosystems because all of these cross layer one like uh, communication bridges are just fundamentally insecure. And so it makes sense for uh, from a security perspective for there to be a fewer number of chains that all adhere to the same rules. And that's why Cosmos actually fits inside of a lot of the bankless philosophy that we've been talking about uh, and why the multi, multi, multi layer one thesis just does not work. Yeah, what's what's interesting about Cosmos? If you want, like, we did an episode with uh, Zaki um, mm-hmm. about uh, and and Sunny from Cosmos about this very thing, and they talk about this idea of mesh security, mm-hmm. which is sort of interesting, where a, a set of app chains can kind of share the same security in some way. That starts to simulate a little bit what Ethereum is doing. Of course, Ethereum is just saying with its layer two ecosystem, hey, everything is secured by and settles on uh, layer one. So you don't have to worry about that problem of um, you know uh, diluting your security when you transition from one chain to the other with IBC. This question is from PD in the inner circle. On the return of the bull, ETH becomes significantly deflationary, and at the time, a significant amount of ETH is staked. Scarcity could be an issue. While good for price, could it be damaging for the system? Is there a mechanism in 1559 to control the level of deflation? And so this is the concern that the ultrasound economics of Ether are so good and so strong that Ether becomes so scarce that its price is so high that we just don't want to use it inside of DeFi. We don't want to transact with gas. We don't want, we, it's just overly deflationary. Uh, and this is actually a question that I asked Justin Drake directly. And so if you want to hear this answer from Justin Drake, uh, there is an interview I did with him on YouTube about this very thing at DevCon. Basically, his an- first and foremost, uh, there is a limit as to how much Ether we can burn. As Ether goes up in price, you burn less. And so it doesn't just burn straight to zero supply. The more you burn, the harder it becomes to burn more. So the lower supply of Ether there is, the more resistance there is to further burn. And so this is why people like Justin Drake thinks that we kind of asymptote somewhere between like 60 and 90 million supply of Ether. Uh, And so there will always be enough Ether to go around. And then the other thing is like uh, Justin Drake in his answer uh, delineates between what he calls collateral money and debt money. And collateral money is like Ether, bare assets, bare instruments. And you want collateral money to always go up in price. And then you want debt money, like dollars, to always go down in price. That's kind of how our economy works out because then no one ever gets liquidated if their collateral goes up and their debt denominated value goes down. Uh, and so this is actually the foundations of a very robust economy. Uh, and there aren't the, the concerns that like there's just not enough ether to go around doesn't really like actually play out in, in economic terms. 
Yeah. Another way to, to term that is, you know, collateral money is like store of value money, mm-hmm. right? And debt money is more what you want for a medium of exchange. We don't actually think that uh, Ether is going to make a good medium of exchange, right? Something like a stable coin is a much better medium of exchange. Something like mm-hmm. DAI, for instance, or even RAI can be a much better medium of exchange than uh, Ether. But as Ether accrues value and gets more valuable, then it becomes a better collateral money. There's more economic bandwidth. We haven't talked about that concept in a while, but that applies here too. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, last question for you, David. This is from Cell uh, Norokos. Norokos, yeah. Cell Norokos asks, he's thinking about, are they thinking about ETH Denver for the first time this year? What's the best way to make the most of it? And this is from a non-technical person. Mm-hmm. So going to the ETH Denver, that is a conference in February of course, in the Ethereum community, but really welcomes all ecosystems. If you're non-technical, what's the way to make the most out of that type of an experience? Uh, there's a bunch of different answers that I've got for for Yassel Norokos. Uh, and since you're in the Inner Circle Discord, I hope to see you at the meetup that we're going to host. Uh, so the Bankless HQ meetup, uh, where you'll be able to eat, meet other members. Uh, generally, people in the Bankless community are non-technical, so that's a great place to start. But also, I'm also a huge advocate of non-technical people joining hackathons, which seems to initially be like, what? That's weird. That's the opposite of what I want to do. Let me tell you, technical people need non-technical people to explain their shit. Uh, And so if you can market something or promote something or write a presentation and present things that technical devs aren't very good at presenting, there is always a supply gut for non-technical people joining hackathons to be like the marketers, the promoters, uh, to actually do the pitch. And that can really make or break a lot of hackathons, uh, hackathon projects. So that's definitely a very strong way to get involved uh, there as well. And then overall, Denver, ETH Denver has developed into a more and more and more non-technical conference, even though it is a a hackathon first and foremost. The first uh, ETH Denver I did in 2018, I just went to every single booth one by one by one. And I was like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, what are you guys doing? You just uh, talk to people. I just talk, you just talk to people. And then you meet other people who are listening to your questions because sh- some people are just really shy and they yeah. have questions, but they just don't, they're too shy to answer to ask them. So they'll listen to you ask questions for people at the booth. And if you're asking good questions, people will pick up on that. Uh, and so like a com- booths are conversation starters. Uh, and so that's what I recommend if you are a non-technical person going to ETH Denver, go to the Inner Circle Meetup, uh, sign up for the hackathon as a non-technical person, and talk to people at the booths. And talk to everyone. That's talk probably to everyone. good advice, right? Yeah. Come say hi to me. <laughs> All right, takes of the week. We got the first one. Uh, what are we looking at from uh, Taha Zafer? Taha Zafer. So this is a meme. Uh, this is a very old meme. Uh, and it's funny to see this resurface. Uh, and it's basically a picture of two Legos. One is Ether, one is Bitcoin. And Ether actually has the little Lego dimples that let le- other Legos like latch onto them. And BTC is just completely smooth. Uh, and so it's just a funny illustration. I think this meme actually came from from the Money Legos meme, which I created way back when. I don't know if I can pat myself on the back on that one. Um, but yeah, so this is the Money Legos meme, except Bitcoin's without the like you know the composability part. Why why remind people of this? Like this uh, tweet got a lot of traction. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't think people have people seen this seen meme it? in a very long time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. So they're like, oh, this is new. What a great way to articulate right, it. No, um, we, we got that one. Been, this is sure. an old meme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is interesting from Domothy. So um, he says this, this is about the ossification in particular of Ethereum. I think uh, the, the question is about when is Ethereum going to ossify? So when are all of the changes going to be in? 
you know, the roadmap fully complete and the code is not touched anymore. Domothy says, ossification is a Bitcoin meme. In my opinion, the Ethereum equivalent should be homeostasis. The chain self-regulates to keep it, its core properties intact forever through crypto uh, graphic means first, then crypto economic means, then through the social layer as a last resort. Really interesting, mm -hmm. really good take. I think ossification is out homeostasis should be the goal. What's your take on this? I just thought that this was a really elegant way of differentiating the end game of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, Bitcoin loves to talk about how ossified it is. And from the Ethereum perspective, we consider that like fragile and also they did it too soon. Uh, the homeostasis balance of Ethereum, uh, whenever I hear a biology word in, in, in crypto economics, Ryan, you know I get super excited. Uh, homeostasis <laughs> just means imbalance and self-regulating. And if something is deviated from a particular set point, then it naturally and organically returns to a homeostatic balance. Uh, that I, and I, I just really, really like that. And then also the, well, the order of operations of first fix things with cryptography. And if that doesn't work, mm -hmm. then do it with crypto economics. And if that doesn't work, then you have to go to the social layer in order to fix something that breaks. Well, a perfect example of this uh, to me is like, let's say quantum computers come out and both Bitcoin and Ethereum need to be quantum resistant. Mm -hmm. If you're ossified and the code doesn't change, how do you become quantum resistant? Right. Well, you really can't. Yep. You have to break the ossification principle, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if you're going for homeostasis, then you acknowledge that the principle of both, both Bitcoin and Ethereum is for it to be secure. Mm -hmm. And obviously that means quantum resistant. And so you upgrade the protocol as necessary uh, to adapt to that new reality. Mm -hmm. Now, nothing fundamentally has changed about the core values of the system. You're just updating the cryptography, yep. right? But you can't say it's ossified if you're still making code changes. And of course, we're going to need to be making code changes for both Bitcoin and Ethereum moving forward. And I think Ethereum acknowledges that. I really like this mental model, homeostasis. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to start using that. 100%. Thank you, Domothy. 100%. Uh, here's another take, David. You, you say this one. Yeah, so this is a take from Ryan Sean Adams. Let's be clear on one thing. David and I are not journalists. We just like talking about crypto stuff. Ryan, when you tweeted out this meme, uh, this tweet, uh, I definitely saw the same tweet that you did right before that caused, oh, really? yeah, that inspired you to write this what tweet. Was it? It, it was the, it was the person who was in our Twitter was like, why doesn't Ryan and David talk about polka dot? Like at some point it's like, ah, it just doesn't yeah, interest it's bad me. Journalism. It's, ba it's bad journalism. You guys aren't doing yes. your jobs. I'm like, yes. who, who defines what my job is? Uh, no one does. Uh, and we just, yeah. Ryan and I just talk about stuff that we like. And yes. that's like, as people like sometimes read into like, there's this grand conspiracy is like, we're not covering Chainlink and we're not covering Polkadot and we're not covering my favorite ecosystem. And that, and like, why, what's the conspiracy just, here? It could be because we just haven't gotten there, guys, we just because we're yeah. busy. Yeah, we're super busy. It could also be just like, we're not interested in the moment, right? Right. Uh, but it could also be like this, this idea, I think of a journalist as something different. It's, a, it's almost like in a way, David, a true journalist is doing something even like more sacred than you and I are doing. Right. Like what I would say is what are we, we're just like investors on the crypto journey and the bankless journey. Yep. Like we care deeply about these values. We're going to talk about them. We're excited by the technology, by what's going on. We're excited about the social movement. What a journalist does is something different. They, they need to be getting at kind of like the ultimate facts and truth of right. circumstances. So like even in these rollups, I mean, we're doing our best 
when we, when we report on things or we talk about things to uh, uncover the truth, but we're not doing like deep journalistic investigation right. on the things. We're just giving our takes. We're giving our takes, right? <laughs> and so, um, but that, like, I have a ton of respect for real journalists yeah. and I, I would love to have more real journalists who are doing the deep work in this space right. to uncover truth, even if it's uncomfortable and talk about that truth. It's just not what it's you not and I what are we doing. Do. It's not what we do. Uh, and I just tweeted this out just to kind of make that, yes. you know, make that clear. Yeah. And I hope that's clear to you, bankless listeners. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, we try our best on here. We're pursuing what we think is interesting in 2023. Um, it would be a different standard mm-hmm. uh, if we started calling ourselves journalists. And uh, I never will. I never, don't think you ever will ever. either. It's just not a thing that we are. Yeah, that's that's the, the wrong mental model to consider what Bankless is. Bankless is a thesis driven media company. We have biases and attitudes about the way that we want the future to be. And those those biases and attitudes and theses all are enveloped under what we call the bankless movement. Absolutely. Well, on that note, David, uh, this is not uh, journalism, of course. This is not the news, but why don't you tell me what you're bullish on? <laughs> One of my theses, Ryan, is uh, the flippening. Uh, and so I'm bullish on the flippening. One of your 2023 predictions was that the flippening is not going to happen this year. I'm not necessarily going to predict that it is, but I definitely think it's on the table more than what people think that it is. Um, okay. I think Ether versus Bitcoin can go up way faster than what people expect because of proof we are in proof of stake with uh, with EIP 1559. Like we are in a new paradigm of Ether price action. And so like the previous coupled relationship that we had with Bitcoin from proof of work, I think is much more broken. And so I tweeted out this tweet, the lappening is going to be 10 times easier than the flippening. What's the lappening, David? Oh, I'm so glad That's you asked, That's your private Ryan. meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so the flippening is when Ether flips Bitcoin in market cap, as in with Ether as an ecosystem, Ether market cap is worth more than Bitcoin. The lappening is when Ether is worth 2x what Bitcoin is. And I'm saying, what I'm saying here is that it's, it's taken a ton of work to even come remotely close to the flipping. We're like less than 50% of the way there. Although I do think we're closer than we actually, we perceive it to be. What I'm saying is once we do flip Bitcoin, we, when we get to 2X Bitcoin, which is the lapping, the lapping is when we go 2X the market cap of Bitcoin, that is going to be 10 times easier than getting to the flipping. Because once you flip Bitcoin, it's so easy just to do it again. And again, well, and again. Can I ask you, why do you care about this? For someone thinking like, oh, is this just David's bag bias? He has much more ETH than he has Bitcoin. I don't even know if he has any Bitcoin. Zero Bitcoin. So of course he's talking about ETH. Right. Does this matter beyond like your bags, David? So this goes back to kind of why we made Bankless in the first place is we had theses and ideas about how crypto economics works. And we didn't feel like the rest of the crypto world had heard these theses. And, had no, and no one was broadcasting them. And the whole ETH is money thesis is largely where Bankless started. Back in 2018, 2019, when you and I were first getting to know each other, like the whole like ETH is money thing was a very contrarian bet 
Uh, and so we came together over that shared like frustrations. Like, why don't people understand Ether? Like this protocol. Also so DeFi, David. Also DeFi, yeah. And so like the Ether is the best crypto asset of all time, if not the best asset in the world ever. It's one of our foundational theses that has pioneered like our own thinking in this space. Uh, and as a result of my belief on that, I have purchased a bunch of Ether because that aligns with my theses and beliefs about how the future of crypto will be. And so I, my claim is that the crypto economics of Ethereum is just 10, 100 times more sound than Bitcoins. And I expect that to show up in the price sooner or later, especially after the merge and proof of stake and EIP 1559. So this is a, a bet based on a thesis. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, how about this? <laughs> what are we looking at this tweet, David? Right. Okay. So this is on. The, there's two charts here, and we're looking at the first one. This left. This left chart is how bullish. If you believe in the flipping thesis, this is roughly about how bullish you are. The ether flips this is the Bitcoin. ETH to Bitcoin ratio. We're this is the at. ETH to Bitcoin ratio chart, and I've drawn a green line at the end to indicate where I believe that we are going. We are currently at 0 0.074, and I think we will. Uh, pe this is what people who believe in the flipping think that we're going to do. It's like, oh, we're going to flip in Bitcoin at like. 0.17 and that will take somewhere between one and three four more years to get that done and so that's what this chart shows yeah. this is what the typical flippiner believes okay. here's what here's what i believe ryan <laughs> which is what have you done here and you so shortened the time range here no i've actually increased the time range and so okay. this arrow goes all the way out to 2030 but where people think the flipping happens at 0.15 Yo, keep keep going, guys, because once <laughs> Ether flips Bitcoin, there's no reason why it can't keep going after that. It doesn't stop after flipping Bitcoin. We flipped uh, Bitcoin see. a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And it definitely takes time. But by the, the way, so if, uh, when you put when you put it the ratio, the, the other way you could like in, that this could play out is Bitcoin collapses. Sure, sure, it could go down versus Ether for sure. Do you yeah. think that's a po like that's a possibility? Because I don't that, think Bitcoin that collapses. worries some people. I don't think Bitcoin collapses. So you I, just I just think, think it has a, a cap Bitcoin on growth. Is stagnant. Yeah. Okay. Proof cap of work is a fundamentally a cap on growth because as your price of your proof of work token goes up, so does the net average sell pressure. And so the arrow at this point uh, where it's pointing to, Ryan, is at 0.7 ETH to BTC. So that is uh, Ether being worth 10 times more than it is right now in Bitcoin terms. So that's five Bitcoins. So I'm saying by 2030, Ether is five Bitcoins. You're creating content again about this too. Mm -hmm. I, I watched this video. It's like a 13-minute video on our other bankless uh, YouTube feed. Did you know we have a bankless there's YouTube feed? Two well? bankless there's YouTube feeds. This is the bankless yeah. podcast mm -hmm. that you're listening to, but there's a bankless short video feed. And this is a 13 minute video about ETH season. Mm -hmm. uh, got me bullish, David. That's my job. Watching brother. this video. It's fantastic. That's my job. That's my job. <laughs> I, get, I get people. All right. Bullish. So David's bullish on ETH. Yeah, and that's what I'm bullish about. Relative to uh, Bitcoin, huh? Yeah, that's exactly right. What are you bullish on, Ryan? I'm just being a user again. I get to be a user again this year. Um, Everyone was obsessed with speculation last year, and I'm really excited about uh, using some new tools in crypto. I feel like I have more time to do this. I feel like the builders are continuing to build, and it's the whole narrative is less about speculation. It's more about try new things. This is crypto. It feels very much like uh, 2019 to me, 2020 to me, where we're just like trying a whole bunch of things. So some cool things that I tried recently is I mentioned the Kepler wallet. Mm -hmm. That is a wallet like MetaMask for exploring the Cosmos ecosystem, all of the app chains. I recommend that. It's a really cool place to start. Um, also, uh, this, David, I don't know if you've seen this uh, browser extension. It's called Fire. Mm -hmm. But you know that problem that you have where in MetaMask, 
um, you don't really know when you're clicking on buttons mm. what is actually happening here. Yeah. Uh, well, Fire is kind of another extension that explains exactly what's going on. So look at this. I am transferring this NFT to this particular address. Mm. It's explaining it in human terms mm. what I'm actually doing. A really useful extension that you can add on top of MetaMask to sort of explain the transaction before you click approve. So and it's that's an extension Fire. for an extension? It's an extension for an extension and a very useful one at that. Mm. Even recently I was going back through Uniswap and now with Uniswap, there's a, a fiat on-ramp on top right. of Uniswap. There's NFTs. You can just trade NFTs on Uniswap. Just yeah, most people like, don't realize you can trade Uni NFTs on Uniswap. I almost haven't realized it because I've been so busy not yeah. actually getting to use these apps. So anyway, at just high level here, um, everything's great in terms of the tools that are available versus mm -hmm. the last bear market. Yeah, uh, And yet people are down in the dumps, but I, I think it's a great time to be a user. So ignore price, start using some more apps. This is what we do during the, the bear market is we level up on these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And as always, there's rewards on the other side. So I'm bullish about being a user again and having that opportunity. Um, nice. Yeah, I hope you get some time to do that too. Yeah. Uh, Try some things out this year, David. Yeah, I have to take a break from making content. <laughs> Usually I just <laughs> ask do. other people's experiences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, what do we got? Meme of the week this year. Meme of the week. week, meme of the week. Okay, so we have a picture of SBF in a nice suit and a backpack, and uh, I'm not going to bother to try and sing this, but you can hear it in the background. <laughs> you should. You should. <laughs> making my way downtown, scamming fast, made Luna crash, I'm homebound. I don't know how the song goes, but you can hear Amazing. it right now. And just like, it's so perfect hearing this music, looking at this picture is so great. There we go. Guys, your first roll up of 2023. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the meme of the week. We're excited to bring 51 more to you in the coming year. Risks and disclaimers, as always, got to let you know that crypto is risky. So is DeFi. So is ETH. You could definitely lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us once again for another year on the Bankless Journey. Thanks a lot. Do ba, 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 do ba